Welcome back to the next segment on Tiger Talk on this Wednesday night. Thank you very much for joining us as we shift gears now and talk boys basketball. Nevada head coach Sean Gray as the Nevada Tigers getting I've got the next part of their schedule now underway and uh, looking to continue things. As they say, it's uh, business is about to pick up. And that will for Nevada Tiger basketball as uh, we're going to talk about four games coming up in the next week along with what we've had here in the recent history. But uh, I'm sure Sean, uh, Sean Gray, uh, your, your uh, players are probably happy to see that happen. I'm sure they are ready to play a string of ball games and get active. They are, Mike. Uh, it was a good break for us, and, and it came at a good time. Uh, well, I think we needed some rest, but uh, you know, Friday at Clinton, it was it, it was good to see these guys you know, get back after it, and and they're they're really excited. We've had a good couple practices, and uh, this should be it should be a fun stretch for us coming up. Well, we're going to go back, uh, although the game seems like eons ago, we're going to go back and talk about the Willard game, which occurred just before Christmas because we have not had a Tiger Talk since then. And it's certainly a game worth talking about as Nevada picks up a 58-55 victory against the Willard Tigers, who at the time were ranked number nine in the NBCA top ten uh, in Class 5, by the way. Nevada was ranked number seven at that point. Of course, they have since jumped to number four in the last poll that came out late last week. But uh, there were a lot of eyes on this ball game because a pretty high-profile game right smack in the middle of the afternoon. And I'll tell you, the game didn't disappoint. Uh, it was uh, obviously the Parsons-Webb City game was pretty good that night, too. But uh, it may have been the game of the day of the six that were played. It was a fun game, Mike. And the fact that we had started the season as well as we had, and then, you know, Willard returning the the COC Player of the Year, uh, both teams being ranked in the state, uh, it really I think there was a lot of anticipation going into it, and uh, what you would expect when two uh, good teams get together, it was a battle and a fight all the way, and really proud of our guys and and, and the way that they were able to to one battle fatigue and play you know all 32 minutes of the game from start to finish, and then. Uh, just the way that they were able to defend Daniel Abreu, uh, it, it was a good win for us, and, and we're really proud of it. Well, you get the way 58-55, as you mentioned, all five starters played every minute of the game, and uh, you went Hoosiers on them. Uh, was that your plan going in, or did it just kind of pan out that way? Uh, didn't think about it going into the game. You know going into games against different opponents that there may be a game where you are able to utilize your bench more or, or it, a game that might lend itself to that. Um, going in, I knew based on some matchups and things that we were going to probably need to play a lot of our starting lineup as much as possible, but never thought about not substituting at all. Um, we got in a little foul trouble early, and just the way the flow of the game was going, I just felt like we needed to stick with our guys and trust that they could play without fouling uh, because we were a little rusty to start, and I and I felt like if we were to substitute, then maybe the game would, would continue to trend in that direction. Mm -hmm. So really proud of the fact that when we were in foul trouble, uh, those we were able to trust those guys, and they did a good job of not uh, compounding those mistakes and allowing that to become even worse foul trouble. Story was the third quarter. You outscored them 24-13 to 13 in the third quarter, and that was after being down by two at halftime. What adjustments, if any, did you make for the third quarter? They were switching ball screens quite a bit. So we were able to use – uh, we identified a defender basically who we thought was weaker defending the drive, weaker defending in the ball screen action. So whoever he was guarding would become the screener. And, and our guys did a good job of recognizing that and utilizing that to our advantage. And Logan Applegate was the beneficiary because he would typically be the player with the ball in his hands. Uh, 
we would use that ball screen action, get that mismatch, and then he was able to exploit that. And uh, Nevada goes on to the 58-55 victory, as we said. Kind of held a hold on, had to hold on, maybe fatigue, played a little bit of a role to a seven at one point from the free throw line before he hit a couple of them late. But uh, uh, at that point, the legs obviously get a little bit weary and uh, didn't, uh, didn't end up costing him, but certainly made it uh, for some anxious moments. It did, Mike. And we tried to burn clock, and I thought we did a really pretty a good uh, – a pretty good job of that and if we shoot free throws the way we're capable of then and we burn the clock the way that we did then Willard never cuts it back to a one possession game but we took care of one part of it burning the clock we did not convert from the free throw line we did a good job Dalton Gaiman did a good job in transition when they picked up and pressured of finishing some some buckets when we needed them um, and then our guys, when Willard did cut it down, uh, got some defensive stops there late. Bree, you actually got a better look at uh, the buzzer than I thought he was going to. And uh, I was sitting in the corner, and uh, he saw it. It was right online. It was close. <laughs> yeah, we had fouls to give, Mike. And yeah, the, I was going to ask you if you thought about that. The plan was to foul on the dribble. Uh, because you think about it, there's probably going to be one or two dribbles involved with it. Willard did a good job of of catching and passing pretty quickly. Our guys, I think, were nervous of fouling and an official bailing a guy out who kind of throws up a heave. Um, and, and so we did not get the foul given that we wanted to. We wanted to make them inbounded a couple times. Didn't get that done. But, yeah, I mean, he's a great player, and, and uh, he sure got a good look off. And I was kind of had a little bit of the same angle you did from the bench there. And, <laughs> Uh, it was uh, it, it made me nervous. It seemed like it was in the air for ten or fifteen seconds. <laughs> made you seven and zero going into the break and uh, played a tough schedule and your pre-holiday schedule. So uh, I got to think that springboarded your team with a, with a lot of confidence into your holiday work. It did. I mean, these guys have worked their tails off. Um, they've, I think, answered a lot of questions from uh, uh, maybe we don't have the size that some some people think that we need, or maybe we won't be able to rebound or have the depth, et cetera. These guys have answered those questions and, and really uh, worked hard all fall and, and all winter long to, to be the best team they can be. And they play together so well, Mike, and they understand that it's a we type game and that on any given night a different guy might step up and give us the spark that we need. Uh, but when you get a group of guys that, that play as hard as these guys play, that play together, play for one another, and then have the, the God-given talent that they have, uh, that's when you get a really special team, and that's what we've had to this point. And uh, We'll have to continue to be our best, though, because the schedule gets tougher uh, here in the next couple of weeks. Well, I, you know, I think we knew that you were going to have a good basketball team, but has this team, has this team so far exceeded your expectations? I think so, Mike. I, we Again, I knew that this team could be good defensively, but they're special defensively uh, whenever they're uh, on the floor together. And then uh, – you know, We've been blessed with a lot of size, and we've had multiple guys for several years here who could score the ball inside, who could defend around the rim well. And I think without as much of that as we've had in the past, there were some question marks there. But Dalton's done a great job staying out of foul trouble. And then the rest of our guys, they measure six one, six two, but they play bigger and play longer than they are. They box out and battle on the board. So there are some areas they have exceeded expectations in, but – when you get to know these guys and you know what they're made of uh, from a heart standpoint, then it really doesn't surprise you much. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on what you did during break because uh, we got we got several games to talk about. Uh, but uh, just real quick, uh, uh, what was your what were your points of emphasis uh, in your during your holiday break and and your schedule, uh, your work when you came back from Christmas? 
I think rest first and foremost, recharge the batteries a little bit, which we did that. And then when we did get back uh, to practice, just you know, making sure we were getting a lot of shots up, that we didn't lose our rhythm uh, shooting the basketball. And then uh, conditioning-wise, making sure that we were in the shape we needed to be in coming back. And, you know, I think offensively making sure that, that we understand when we need to play fast and when we need to play slow, getting a feel for that. And, and, and we felt like we made some strides in all those areas. Well, I moved you into uh, getting back into action last Friday night. You uh, got back home to take on the Clinton Cardinals in a, in a non-conference matchup. Clinton without a conference home, although that's changing for them next year. They're going to the MRVC West, so good for them. Uh, they found a conference home, but took on a Cardinal team. It's been struggling this season, and uh, I don't know if it's a holiday rust or what. <laughs> Obviously, your team got off to a, a bit of a slow start, but uh, really exploded in the second quarter and ended up winning easily by 40, 68-28. And if you look at that score, folks won't realize you were down 9-8 at the end of the first quarter for those who weren't there. I was uh, doing a girls game in Clinton and got that text and went, okay, and then found out about the second quarter. So, obviously a little bit slow coming out of the gate, but uh, shifted into gear in the second quarter. We did, Mike. And we, again, defended well. And defense doesn't take a night off typically, and we were really proud of the fact that even though on the offensive end shots weren't falling, I mean – we got really good. I didn't think that we necessarily played that sloppy on the offensive end. We had three or four wide open threes from good shooters that were good shots that just didn't go in. And then a couple shots right around the basket that also didn't go in that normally do. So if we play that first quarter over again and those guys have those same looks, I think we probably have probably six to ten more points in that quarter than we did. But we did not allow shots not falling to frustrate us at the defensive end. That's a sign of maturity. Um, and then we also didn't allow the fact that the first quarter didn't go the way we wanted it to to carry over and continue to linger. We we just kept playing the right way. And when you do that, good things start to happen. And our transition game really sparked us in the second quarter. If I remember right, I think it was a, what, a 22-0 run. Uh, you went on and ended up outscoring them 30-7 to in the second quarter. Dalton Gaming with 14 of those uh, of those uh, 30 points. End up with 32 on the night, uh, which I don't think is a career high for him, is it? Do you know? I – he and I talked after the game, and he, we believe it is a career okay, high. Okay. We have not gone back to verify that. 34 or 36.9, I couldn't remember. Yeah, we, we think it is a career high yeah. after talking about it. Okay, very good. Well, congratulations to him. Career high, 32 points then. But it had a, obviously carried the load for you in the second and third quarter. And did that, carrying the load in the second and third quarter, and got that 32 points without playing the fourth quarter. That's something that I, some people might not realize. I mean, did not play a single minute in the fourth. Again, we got out and ran in transition. Dalton did a great job of sprinting the floor, which – for a big man that plays the extended minutes that Dalton does, some people don't realize it's when you're carrying 200-plus pounds from end to end like that, that can wear on you. And he did a great job of continuing to sprint the floor. Our guards did a good job of finding him in transition. He attacked the basket, finished some, some tough shots. And then in the second half, Mike, in the third quarter, got hot from the three-point line, and, and they were defending him with a, a bigger body that didn't want to extend and guard him on the perimeter. And he showed that he's got a good shooting touch from outside, especially when the shot selection is such that it's an on-balance and rhythm type three. And uh, you know that will be something that he will need to do probably at the next level. Um, and I think Dalton understands we don't need him night in and night out to, to shoot a lot of threes and to make a lot. But in some games, in some instances, when he's guarded a certain way, he is very capable of shooting the ball from the perimeter for us, which he displayed in the third. 
Nevada improving to 8-0 on the season with that win, uh, again, by 40 over Clinton, 68-48. And we've got four games to talk about over the next week for Nevada, so we'll do that now and start with the Kaminsky Classic, which gets uh, underway for Nevada. Nevada's been off since last Friday, but now we'll play three days in a row, tomorrow, Friday, and Saturday, starting uh, tomorrow at 6.30. Believe it or not, that's the final game of the day at 6.30. Uh, tomorrow they start at 2 o'clock tomorrow afternoon. Kind of a cool deal they do down there at Joplin. They did this during the girls' tournament as well. Uh, they had a couple of weeks ago. Uh, they started two with Joplin playing in front of the, the students. Uh, and uh, they fill the gym with students. It's a pretty cool atmosphere. And uh, the, so they're going to play Jeff City beginning at 2. And uh, Nevada will end up being the fourth game of the day tomorrow against the Joplin JV. But at the tournament overall, though, when you take a look at some of these teams that are in, notably Francis Howell, and, uh, who's very, very good, William Christman, a 6-2 and two team, um, it's an interesting tournament because of how they pair teams up, four out of the area, four in the area. Unfortunately, they had a little issue with getting that four team outside the area, and you end up playing the Joplin JV tomorrow. But still, and, and I may be a little biased because it's my alma mater, but down in Joplin, but uh, I think it's just an awfully cool tournament and a great facility. It is. It's been good for us. When, when we were able to, to make the move down here, um, we didn't know exactly what to expect, but we've been very pleased. And one thing in the regular season, you want to prepare yourself for postseason play. And there are probably four or five teams in this tournament that uh, are going to, going to be the types of teams that you will have to play and have to beat in the postseason if you want to make a postseason run. So St. Louis Christian was that uh, that eighth team that, that would have been the other out-of-area team that, you know, we ran into that issue last year where they only sent part of, of their team down. Yeah, five or six players. Yeah, yeah. And, and that was not ideal. Joplin did not want to deal with that again. And then, unfortunately, I think they kept them on the string for a little bit too long and then St. Louis Christian dropped out pretty late in the game and it was it was hard to find a replacement but uh, we've got a good relationship with their Matt Hyatt their AD and coach Hafer down there and uh, you know while it's not ideal to start with the junior varsity team it, it, we understand it, it's it's something that that, that had to happen and, and we're going to deal with it and make the best of it but uh, you look at Francis Howe one of the very best teams in the St. Louis area one of the very best teams in the entire state um if we were to get a chance to play them, that would be a great opportunity for us. You look at our side of the bracket with William Chrisman, who's one of the best teams in the Kansas City area, and their two losses are to two very good teams. They played Oak Park last night and beat Oak Park by 30. Mm. Um, they returned four starters from last year's team that was very, very good. They started the season ranked in the state, and just when their losses fell, knocked them out. But one of the best teams in Kansas City, and, and they look to make a postseason run in Class 5 as well. And then you look at Joplin in the top half of the bracket, and then you look at Webb City on our half. Their records do not indicate the type of athleticism, the types of teams that they are. Webb suffered two or three losses early in the year when they either did not have their football guys back or they had just gotten them back. And then Joplin's lost some games to some good teams. They've, Joplin has some really high-quality wins. They're the only team to have beaten Ray Peck, who's ranked in Class 5. Mm -hmm. uh, Joplin... Uh, advanced, in, I, th I believe, into the championship game or won third place in their division. I, I can't remember which in the Neosho Holiday Classic. A lot of good teams in this tournament, and uh, it will be really, really good for us uh, going into postseason. 
Don't know how much we can spend on the Chaplin JV, but uh, you didn't really see many of their players that you're going to play tomorrow at the Cardinals tournament when you played the Joplin Varsity and uh, picked up that win in the championship game over there. Uh, so let's just kind of move on to, to Web City, William Christman. As you said, Web City may be bitten early by getting some players late uh, and have only played six games, two and four. Uh, William Christman, six and two. So when you kind of, kind of combine the compare those two teams, how do you see, at least at this point, how do you see that playing out? I think it's a much more even game than the records would indicate. Uh, Web City played an extremely tough schedule early on, and then again, combine that with the fact that they didn't have all of their guys back. Uh, they gave Parsons a good game in the four state challenge, and Parsons is one of the best teams in the state of Kansas. Coach Horn thinks this is the most talented group and the most skilled basketball specific group that he's had since he's been at Web City. Uh, I think this will be a close game. That being said, like I said earlier, William Christman's one of the best teams in Kansas City, and uh, I think that they could very well, very easily win this tournament. I think they could very easily make a run in the postseason in Class 5. So should be a good game. Whichever team wins uh, or loses, mm-hmm. whichever team we we see in the second round, uh, would be a really tough matchup for us. Web City did give Parsons all they wanted, a very good Parsons team, all they wanted, the Forsyth Challenge. Same day you were playing Willard, uh, the final game, and Webb led that game for a while until Parsons, I think, got him at the end. Uh, but uh, Cardinals 2-4 and four on the season. Uh, anybody in the top bracket do you think can challenge Francis Howe? I think Joplin could. Um, you know, again, Joplin's uh, – they've, they've, to this point in the season, been a hot and cold team. But they have the athletes and the shooters that I think whenever they are clicking on all cylinders can beat just about anybody. And Francis Howe has that combination of size. I think they've got a 6'8 or 6'9 kid that's a load inside that will give anybody trouble. And then they've obviously got the athletes and the skill uh, on the perimeter to, to really, really be tough. But, yeah, I mean, I, I think I think in the top half – Joplin and Francis Howe are both capable of coming out of that side of the bracket as well. Getting the Veda and the Joplin JV at 6.30 tomorrow. I guess the real question here is when uh, – not that your players would do this, but do you have to caution them when you see JV at the end of the name? Do you have to caution them about, you know, uh, just expecting uh, just to move on automatically? Yeah, it's a unique situation, Mike. It's not something that we've done in the past. I know our girls' program has had to do this in the Carl Junction tournament mm-hmm. a few times, and, and you see it here and there. and. At, at different points in the season, and even though this says JV next to it, you go into some games and maybe the the boys watch film or they look up a team's schedule and you see the record next to the name, and you, you cannot overlook opponents. And you have to understand that your biggest challenge on most nights is against yourself. Can I be the best version of myself tonight? Can I bring it on every single play? And that's what we've challenged our guys to do in this game, to be the best version of ourselves, to take care of business, to not overlook these guys. And as far as junior varsities go, you can you can bet on the fact that Joplin's going to have an athletic bunch. You know, they're, they're a school and a program full of athletes. Mm-hmm. Um, now, that being said, they will be raw. They will, may, they will not be as good as Joplin's varsity, obviously. But this will also be a game that if, if you're a junior varsity coach, if you're a junior varsity squad – you look at this as a fun challenge, a fun opportunity, and they're really going to come out and give it all they've got. I, I do not anticipate a team that will just roll over and, and let you get a win. So 
you have to approach this with the right mindset. You have to approach this with a business-type attitude, and, and I think that's what our guys will do. Schedule tomorrow has Joplin against Jeff City at 2, if you can want to head down early, and you can. Uh, Carl Junction against Francis Howe at 3.30. Webb City and William Crispin at 5. And then Nevada and the Joplin JV uh, ramp it up at 6.30 tomorrow night, again, at Joplin High School. If you haven't been to this tournament, I would highly suggest you do it sometime, if not all three days, uh, and uh, just go in and see that facility, if nothing else, and, and enjoy a great atmosphere for some basketball. And then the semifinals, back to a traditional schedule on Friday beginning at 4.30, ending at 9 o'clock. If Nevada were to win tomorrow, they would play at 9 o'clock. On Friday, final day of play begins at 11 with the seventh place game on Saturday and wraps up with the championship game at 3.30 on Saturday afternoon. So if you still got some Christmas returns to do, there you go. There's an idea for you. <laughs> right. Let's talk about uh, what else you have coming up because right after that you turn right around and uh, will return home next Tuesday night uh, to uh, get uh, Big 8 West Division play underway against uh, the Lamar Tigers. It'll be a girl-boy doubleheader next Tuesday night. Uh, but a Lamar team that's sitting at 7-3 and three on their after their winning as Liberal last night and uh, – have, uh, their football season was not as long as they're accustomed to, so uh, they've been able to get some basketball practice in. Lamar's got a good group, Mike. And if you go back a couple years to before the Big Eight merged, so to speak, in the two divisions, Lamar won the conference that year. And then last year, I believe we were their only loss on the West Division. So they're a program that is consistently towards the top of the conference. They're a program that always – has athletes um, and then they've got several returning pieces uh, that have a lot of varsity experience Case Tucker, J.D. Bishop, Dante Stahl and then you combine that with the fact that I would imagine this will be one of the bigger games on their schedule a game that they will really have circled and a game that I think very easily could go a long way in determining the Big 8 West mm -hmm. champ so it will be a, a really really a good game we expect to, to get a big challenge from Lamar and we love that it's at home. We love that it should be just a, a, a raucous atmosphere with boys and girls both playing. And, uh, you know, that's one of the more exciting things about high school sports is games like that. So uh, we're excited for the challenge, and uh, it should be a good contest next Tuesday. I was going to say it's going to be one of those great atmospheres uh, with the doubleheader. And, uh, of course, Lamar making a short 25-minute trip up here. And uh, so it should be a full house, I would think, for, for that doubleheader. And, uh, uh, you know, when, uh, although we didn't see them in basketball for a while, and now that we are and, uh, and in football and the other sports, uh, it's that rivalry that uh, should produce a great atmosphere on Tuesday night. Yeah, my and last year – I think the game was tied or was a one-possession game going into the fourth quarter, and then we were able to play well in the fourth and pull away. But uh, we expect this to be a highly uh, competitive contest, and uh, I would get there early so that you get a good seat <laughs> because uh, it may fill up quick, especially with, with the crowd that we anticipate Lamar bringing as well. I don't have the full schedule in front of me. Is it a three-game night or for boys or two? It's a three-game night for the boys and I either a two- or three-game night for the girls. I'm yeah. not sure. So uh, – JV boys actually play first in wind gym at 4.30. Varsity girls to follow in wind gym and then varsity boys to follow after that. Mm -hmm. While our freshman boys, I think, will get started uh, somewhere around 5.30, 5.45 in the multi. So a lot of basketball action that, that, that begins at 4.30. And then we anticipate a tip-off around 7.15 or so on, mm -hmm. uh, on, on Tuesday. All right, it's a fun time of the year. Things are really getting busy. We always say January is uh, the jam-packed part of the schedule, and that certainly is the case uh, with a couple of tournaments this month and Big A West play finally getting underway. So uh, the fun time of the year is here. It is, Mike. It's, it's, it's a fun time, and uh, 
it's uh, you, you know you kind of it seems like basketball season will never get here, and then all of a sudden you're into it, and it, it seems like the meat of it is upon you quickly. So uh, it, this should be a fun stretch for us. All right, wish you the best of luck. I'll see you in Joplin tomorrow. Yep, thanks, Mike. That's Tiger head coach Sean Gray. We'll come back and uh, talk wrestling. Tony Abadie talks to head coach David Hawks after this timeout on Tiger Talk.